It's Tennessee Titans talk, and we're back with the back half of our 2021 mock draft. We're four days away, guys. Uh, we brought in our friend Jesse Long, who's been with this show before. I love having you on, Jesse. Jesse is a Cleveland Browns fan, which means he's super patient, long-suffering, and also very excited about this draft. Jesse, it's kind of a unique time for you. Like we, when we transition to be a pretty good team, it's weird to be in the back half draft's first round. Tell us about that kind of shift. I know you guys spent a lot of time early, but that's why we brought you on for the back half. It is a different set of circumstances, a different ball game here, 17 to 32, because really more than anything else, the draft has to come to you. You can't spend months thinking about who you want. You just kind of sit and wait. Yeah, it's definitely exciting. I mean, this may be one of the first times we kind of find ourselves, we have more talent than we have holes. And usually it's kind of flipped around. So even when doing mocks, you know, I saw we're picking 26th overall, and I kind of had to just look back down and make sure. Is, is that correct? 26. So, you know, there's only six or so teams better than us, so it's definitely exciting. Just to be, you know, in the mix to be atop of this division is, is so exciting. Um, when it was going down last year, it was, I just had no words. I don't even know if I do now. It was almost in a state of disbelief, but it really is happening, and the culture and everything has really shifted in Cleveland. And we even get to host the draft, and it's just all exciting wow. things. A lot of optimism, for sure. That's really exciting, and we've been there to host the draft, and I just think uh, Cleveland will do just a really bang-up job with it, and uh, super excited for the fan base. Uh, John and I had our run-ins with some members of your fan base, but then we met some <laughs> folks like you in our visit a couple years ago up there. Honestly, just really happy because you guys have never made picks. Y'all have never made bonehead decisions, but y'all have literally uh, millions of just excellent fans. And I, I'm glad you guys are, are, are having your time to just enjoy this team. I said, no doubt, definitely. And I want to just for the record, I think there's a lot more positive, good Cleveland fans like me, but we do have a couple, a couple of the others. <laughs> we met, we met more than a couple. They like to have a good time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just great. Great to have you back on the show. Looking forward to finish up this first round here. Let's get started with pick 17. Always a fun team on draft day, the now Las Vegas Raiders. They're on the clock. Big needs are along the offensive line. We saw them jettison most of their – all of their offensive line starters except for Colton Miller. Their needs are tackle, guard, corner, and safety. We'll start with you, Landon. Well, I ended up going a bit out of left field. I have them taking Micah Parsons here. The character concerns drop him a bit. And I also – I don't think he's as good as he's projected to be. I don't really see the coverage ability that I want in a – blue chip off ball linebacker maybe it's just the Raiders coaching on defense sucks but Nick Kiewitkowski Corey Littleton two above average to really good linebackers last year the bottom fell out which is partially why their defense has continued to suck Micah Parsons really more of a hybrid hybrid linebacker really great blitzing and rushing the passer and in the run game just hopefully should be a stabilizing force I can't comment on the potential character concerns so I'm not going to factor that in but at 17 to Las Vegas this feels like where Micah Parsons should go. Okay, excellent. Uh, if he's still on the board, I think they would look long and hard at him. They're always gonna, gonna kind of take talent. They're they're gonna go B BPA. They're gonna try to. Uh, what about you, John? Uh, who do you, who do you like for the Raiders at seventeen? Man, it's a tough one. Originally, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, they have to go on defense. They have to go with edge talent, but steadily put together some pieces that you know they've got: Carl Nassib, Max Crosby, Cleland Farrell, Yannick Ngakwe. David Irving, so they've got some defensive line pieces. I don't think that's a, a huge need for them right now. So I'm kind of a, in agreement with Landon looking around at linebacker. That's a consideration on my board. I've got Zaven Collins. He might be an interesting fit. Different ways they can go. You know what? 
I'm, I'm going to go with Zayvon Collins. I'm going to have them taking him to firm up uh, another defensive starter, specifically linebacker that's somewhere where I think they have a lot of holes. And, and I think that's the way they go. He, he, he could definitely be a Raider. I've still got J.C. Horn on my board, so they're going to go. They're just not going to be able to resist the name and just the attitude. They're just not going to be able to resist him if he's here on the board. So, I know a lot of Titans fans have their fingers crossed for J.C. Horn. I think the latest he can probably go is uh, is here at 17. What about you for the Raiders at 17? Uh, I like what you're saying with J.C. Horn. Now, on my mock, I have him already gone. So, with that being the case and them losing how many offensive linemen that they lost, you know, they lost Trent Brown, they lost Gabe Jackson. I think Lyman's got to be their number one need here. And I think they go Vera Tucker, offensive lineman out of USC, to fill that need. I've got Vera Tucker going a little earlier for that same reason. He's got versatility. He graded out really well. But uh, there is no doubt about it that they would go Vera Tucker. They like those West Coast guys. I, I think he would go. And I think we may even see even them go the next guy on the board. Surprise to people with a guy like maybe Walker Little. From Stanford, who we haven't seen in a while, or even Tevin Jenkins. I know that's rich for Tevin Jenkins, but we've seen them do that for Colton Miller. It worked enough for them in their estimation to give him an extension. So, yeah, I think ultimately best tackle on the board, definitely. Uh, they have they have other needs as well. Good pick. All right, we're going to see a team we've seen a lot lately in the draft, uh, the Miami Dolphins, and uh, pick 18. For me, Christian Barmore, another kind of inconsistent Alabama guy. At this point at 18, I don't think – with their MO, what we've seen them draft recently, I don't think they'll be able to resist the talent. Certainly have a need along the defensive interior. A guy with a lot of talent, a lot of skill, 6'5", 310, and a young guy too, redshirt sophomore. I think if he's available for them, I think they jump at Christian Barmore. Who do you like, Landon, at 18 for Miami? Well, I'll say Barmore that early is really rich for me. I do like the talent, but also it's a really bad defensive tackle draft class, so maybe – Barmore just looks better by comparison, and he's really inconsistent. But for me, I took Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, really a hybrid safety linebacker, kind of like Jamal Adams. I like his coverage ability. His He's really light, but I love his speed. He can play in a lot of spots. He can play nickel, inside linebacker, outside linebacker. Miami cut Kyle Van Noy. Van Noy is bigger and longer, but JOK has that similar just raw athletic ability and versatility. And I had them taking Kyle Pitts, at six. And then I believe at 30, at 36, I would have them take a receiver. So they take the best linebacker available where there's a pretty big drop off underneath. And then they take a receiver later on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. John, what about you? You know, it's a really tough one here. I really think that the Dolphins are going to be on the move. I don't think they're going to stay at 18, but I think if they do, I think they really want to take a running back, but Regardless of who you're going to take, I don't think there's a running back worth pick 18. So I think if they stay put, they probably take the best edge rusher on the board. And I think they might be split between, you know, either of the Miami edge rushers or Aziz Ojolari. So I think I'm actually going to stay put. I'm going to, we're staying put here. And I think they're going to take um, Jalen Phillips right here, get an edge rusher, um, you know, keep it home in Miami and literally can just, Hop in, a, hop in a cab and pop over uh, to the team facility. I think that's kind of what they want. They want a homegrown talent. So I think they, they keep him in Miami. I do think Miami is one of those teams that would be willing to take the risk on his sordid injury history. Whereas I think we wouldn't, especially not in the first round. I think Miami is willing to take some chances here. So I think that's a good pick. They've been the it draft team. They've taken some chances. They look pretty good. 
We'll see. They're going to take best player available here, I think, right? I think that they will, but similar to Landon, I did have them taking an offensive player with that sixth overall. So especially with uh, Coach Brian Flores being defensive-minded, I think they take the best available linebacker off the board at 18, and I think that that's going to be Micah Parsons out of Penn State University. Like Landon mentioned, they lose Van Noy, so I think it only makes sense to plug in a linebacker there with Parsons. All right, we're at 19. Always interesting Washington football team. For me, guys, they've got a lot of needs, but I think they're always interested in, in on defense. I just obviously there's no quarterback uh, on my board left here, or or really a, a super interesting receiver. They might kick the tires on Rashad Bateman, uh, and there's no tight end. Those are their big needs, of course. Tackle. I really like this guy, um, Zaven Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, 260 pounds. He's a great runner, great athlete. Uh, he seems like a guy they'd be totally intrigued by. And there is a need there at linebacker. So, for me, I like Zaven Collins at 19, the Washington football team. Uh, we'll start with you, John. Who do you, who do you like at 19? I look for the Washington football team to, you know, make a bad decision. But on my draft board, I still have Justin Fields available. So, I think that's a guy that they could easily fall in love with and, you know, consider him a bit to be a great value at 19. So, I'm going to go with Fields. And they get their quarterback of the future and they have, uh, you know, he's a guy that doesn't have to start right away because you've got Fitzpatrick in Washington. And we know what Fitzpatrick can do. He can um, adapt to any offense. He can adapt to any receiver. He can do whatever he needs to, uh, at least for a year or so, or even just a couple games. So I think it'd be the perfect opportunity for Fields to go into a situation, have a bridge guy for however long that turns out to be, and then they get their guy of the future. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, for me – Justin Fields is the second best prospect in this draft, not just a quarterback. So I don't feel he'll be there at 19, but we see these guys drop. Landon and Jesse, before y'all give your pick at 19, give me what you think the possibility of Fields making it to 19. I just think there's so many teams at this point that would take a flyer on him because we see a quarterback drop almost every year. Give, give me your thoughts on you know, if that's a possibility before you give me that pick at 19 for the Washington football team. We'll start with you, Landon. Well, I'll keep it short. The chance is zero. The chance of him reaching even the ninth pick to Denver is zero. I know there's been a lot of narratives about what Fields can and can't do, and I have been harsh on him at times. And really the only reason I think he could maybe even possibly fall is the news that he has epilepsy, even though he's never had it triggered and never suffered a seizure. And then for me, with the Washington football team, I know we said we don't mock trades, but I saw them as the team that trades up with the Atlanta Falcons to draft Trey Lance at fourth. So if I'm mocking in mind for the Falcons, I'm taking the best player on the board, cornerback Greg Newsom. They drafted A.J. Terrell last year, but the defense, specifically the back seven, was still really bad. Hopefully you have two young corners, a foundational piece to turn your defense around. Arthur Smith, offensive-minded coach, needs a little support from the defense. And I've got Fields being a top 10 guy. I could see him going nine to Denver. And if a quarterback does fall farther than that, and there's no trades, or if, I guess if New England doesn't move up, I think New England's going to possibly take a uh, quarterback. And so I have also no chance at him going to 19. Hey, this right, draft well, is for the go. dreamers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that we're split 2-2 two, two on that because I just think there's just so many scenarios where somebody would bail him out. But, you know, like we saw Jordan Love last year, uh, I think guys just – Kind of get forgotten about, and uh, teams make a run on needs, and uh, we'll, we'll see. 
the uh, Washington football team, since they can't trade for a decent name and they're going to have to stick with it, they're going to pick uh, linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa out of a Notre Dame. He's just too freakish. He's just too physical not to pick him up if he's still there at, at 19. All right, so we're at Chicago at 20. Big needs quarterback, receiver, tackle, guard, corner. What do you think about them landing here at 20? What's What's left for them? If they can't trade up for one of the five main quarterback prospects in this draft class, they're going to take the best available offensive tackle, no matter how many go before them. And to me, the best available here is Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Powerful run blocker. Bit of a question mark with speed, as does every massive, powerful run blocking right tackle. But to me, I like his pass protection. I just absolutely love his run blocking. The Bears, they're going to win with defense, and they... They're going to try and replicate what they did down the stretch last year, which was ride David Montgomery and throw a ton of passes to Allen Robinson and win a lot of ugly games. And Tevin Jenkins is the perfect amount of ugly. <laughs> the perfect amount of ugly. That's uh, <laughs> People have said that about mauler. me too. <laughs> he is a mauler. He, he's a guy we would love at right tackle. I mean, he's that. He's just a, he's a big country. Yeah, absolutely. So that's an out-of-the-box pick, and I love it. And that – they could talk themselves there easily. That's 10 picks early for me for him, but uh, we see that happen all the time. We'll, we'll move next to you, Jesse. Well, who do you like for Chicago? Yeah, I mean, it's no secret. They need help at wide receiver, and we always mention players do kind of fall and slide in the draft. And one guy that I know uh, I think I have him sliding, I only have uh, wide receiver Jalen Waddell and Jamar Chase above him, but I have Devontae Smith sliding back to the yeah. Chicago Bears at 20. See, I think this could happen, and I know just because of his size, it just takes one team to really like him, and I think the first one that could really like him is Philly. But if Philly passes, we could see it get really interesting for him. Teams have had months to sit around and think about how small this guy is. His tape speaks for itself. He is one of the greatest receivers in college football history. Yes, he was on a stacked team, but even when they had the other two guys that went – in the top half of the first round last year. He was the best receiver on that team last year. He is their go-to guy, but he could go to 20 just because the NFL has a long, long history of kind of sticking to their tradition. And he will be the smallest framed player at that position taken, I mean, taken in the draft in 20 years. I mean, there's he's just, he's just a small guy. So we'll see. 20 could happen. I think 12 is where it gets really interesting for him. But I know Landon will be really surprised. Landon, I'll give you the same question. Come come back to you. I mean, at 20, I mean, is there any possibility Devontae Smith goes at 20? I'd give it a 15% chance or so. Okay. And I do understand that it's not just the weight because there have been plenty of guys that have played around 165. It's the fact that he's tall and that he played at Alabama. He played four years at Alabama. If you can't get big at Alabama or even normal size, you're not going to get it big, period. I do understand that he's been durable outside of the dislocated finger. He never missed a game for Alabama. And to me, if he falls past 15 in the range where we can trade a third or fourth round pick to trade up for him, I will hunt down John Robinson if (laughs) he goes in the back half of the teens and he goes to a team that isn't the Titans. I will find you, John Robinson. (laughs) Careful, Ed. Careful. Well, we've got two third round picks, and you would think after 15 – we're not a big trade-up team, but after 15, if he does last at 15, I think all of us will be begging for us to package 85 and 22 to try to move up and get this guy. I think you'd be the perfect compliment to us, and maybe it's just because it would be so fun. But it would be so fun. Yeah, I, I'm thinking Philly at 12, but if not, it's on. And I said that a few weeks ago. 
on our podcast. I think they go Rashad Bateman here. I think they'll talk themselves uh, into them. Allen Robinson is not long for them, but I think they like a really good, tough, long, lean guy. Rashad Bateman, I think, would fit in well with them. All right, John, what about you? Uh, the Fighting <coughs> Dickas, who's who's the next player? <laughs> Man, you know, you guys are making a lot of great points about uh, wide receiver, but Landon also makes a good point about offensive line. So I'm kind of split here between Jalen Waddle and also I still have Elijah Vera Tucker on this um, on my board. Yeah, and I think at this point it's too hard for them to not pass on Vera Tucker. So I think that's who they. Oh, he would. They they would definitely take Vera. And you know, it's if he's there, it's a done deal. Um, They don't have their quarterback of the future, so they cement that offensive line and then figure something out. You know, maybe next year or later on in the draft or a trade or I don't know. But I think they they don't pass on Vera Tucker if he's here. For me, going through these, especially the back half of the first round, is it just me or is after 15 or so, I feel like a lot of these players like 16 through 40 are about the same. And we see that in drafts where I don't think we're going to see a lot of trade activity or anything else because uh, somebody's 16 is somebody's 40. I I don't know. I I just think the value is going to be maybe in the beginning of the first round because I think a lot of – and we'll see, right? But – I don't differentiate a lot between this point in the draft and the beginning of the first, especially this year. Am I wrong there, Jesse? No, I mean, that's kind of where I was. I felt somewhat confident in the early part of the draft. And then as we get to this, you know, middle of the first round, beginning of the, it's it's just a lot of question marks. So that's why I'm excited to be able to kind of bounce ideas, kind of get my perspective, but be able to take in your guys' perspectives as well. Well, let's do that. Let's go to um, the Colts and we'll start with you, John. And, uh, of course, the only rule with the coach, you got to pick somebody bad. So, uh, yeah, right, of course. Who, who do the ponies like at 21? Trey McKitty. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can we make them forfeit their pick just for the fun of it? I, I, yeah, obviously I don't want them to get anybody good, but I think – the Colts are not a dumb team anymore. I think they're going to take somebody smart and, you know, they've got their presumptive quarterback of the future um, in Carson Wentz, even though we probably don't agree with it. And I think this is somewhere where they can really shore up the offensive line because that's somewhere that is a big need. So I think they're going to take uh, Sam Cosme out of the offensive tackle out of Texas. And I may be butchering his last name. Um, it's just Cosme, right? Sam Cosme, all right. But, I mean, he's a just a, a mountain of a man out of Texas, and I think that's somewhere that they need to protect Carson Wentz. Like, he has not been protected in Philly, uh, which kind of led them to this point. And I just think, uh, you know, it, it, right here, they're looking at whatever tackle depth there is in the draft, and they're taking it um, with their 21. Well, for me, I think they need a left tackle. Am I right about that? Uh, you you are because Anthony's Costanza retired this offseason. What if they get really bold and they are a bold team? What if they get bold and take Dylan Raddance, the tackle from North Dakota State? This guy is six six, long, lean, light. Uh, what if they what if they just make it happen until this guy's ready? They're gonna look at Tevin Jenkins if he's on the board, and they're gonna look at Walker Little and Cosme, and yeah, they're fine. But these guys, they, they're right tackles for me. If they put a little weight on Raddance, I mean, just what he showed. Uh, he is got a good anchor, and he is a little slim. He's just just right at 300 pounds 
for his frame is kind of like, but he could grow into that. And we've seen them take upside. We see some really interesting picks along the offensive line, especially at this point in the draft. That's their big need. So I think Dylan Raditz, I mean, uh, I don't know. And you guys can tell me if that is just uh, just absolutely pinheaded. I look for them to just find the guy they like and go for it, much like we did to disastrous results last year Ugh. in the first round. I think it has to be a left tackle. And to me, I know the media consensus and you guys like him more than I do, but Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech, I'm not in love with him in the early teens. I think 21 is around where he should go. It's just the perfect fit of a player's value in the team that needs him. You mentioned that he could use a bigger edge, and what better way to do so than have Quinn and Nelson rub off on you? Well, they would be thrilled to have him at this point. Like you said, there's one thing between – you know, taking somebody at 14 and taking him now. But I think they would overlook whatever. And, yeah, what he needs is a little bit mean. And uh, they definitely – he he definitely would 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 be around a guy that has shown how to get that done for sure. What about you, Jesse, at 21? Uh, you have the unique um, kind of privilege of not hating the Colts probably. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, who, who do you true. like for them? <laughs> so, yeah, I do have that unbiased kind of perspective there. But, actually, Jonathan nailed it. Uh, he picked it so well I couldn't do it any better myself. I think they go offensive tackle, tackle Samuel Cosme, and um, makes sense because they lose their tackle Anthony Costanzo. I think that that's just O line is the way to go there. O tackle. Um, I don't know that you can really make a mistake as long as you go with an offensive tackle. So, like you were saying, Nathan, if they do decide to get, I guess, a little crazy or go with a guy that might be a little further down on people's boards. I think they, they could still nail that pick with an offensive tackle. We've already said that the talent is very, very close here with those you know, 20th to 40th overall picks. So as long as they go O-tackle, I think they do themselves a favor. That brings us to uh, why we're here. Pick 22, <laughs> Titans. We have obvious needs, right? Uh, receiver, corner, and tackle. With John Robinson, he's going to make it interesting, right? Uh, we've been surprised a lot over the years, but uh, sometimes pleasantly. With your board and where it's at, we'll start with you, John. Who's there for us? Yeah, I'm really liking my board. I mean, right now I've got Jalen Waddle, I've got Greg Rousseau, I've got Landon's boy, Aziz Ojolari, I've got Rondell Moore, I've got Jason Owe, Rashad Bateman, all those guys that we've you know seen mocked and considered to be our pick. I've seen a lot of picks that have us – taking Zayvon Collins and Jalen Phillips. Those guys are not on my board. The way my board shaped up, I really hope we trade back because that's where the depth of the, this is. But I'm going to do this in the argument of staying put. And, you know, when we originally talked, my pick here was Quiddy Pay. He's not there. J.C. Horn, that's the guy I love in this draft. He's not going to be here. So then I'm going to take, as much as I don't like it, I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to reach uh, and take Gregory Rousseau. Uh, he, you know, we know he's an athletic freak. I really don't like him as a player, so I hate that I'm picking him here. I'm just thinking what we're going to do. We've seen how important the pass rush is, and we really need to find some serious long-term answers for that. And I think that's what we attempt to do, and I think Rousseau will be that guy that we might do if my if, if it happens to shape, shake out like my board did. And, again, want to let you know that I am not thrilled with this pick. Are you not a fan of Waddle? I know you said he's still there, and a lot of people have him high. I think if he's yeah. there at 22, we would no take brainer. him. You no take Jalen Waddle, yeah. and we're all happy. And if I'm it's not so, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan, but, but I mean, you make really? a good point. Really? At 22? And, I mean, the guy is unreal for at 22. 
I mean, and I, also seen, Landon yeah. is is keeping up with your boards. So um, come on. Right. No, I, I can totally see us doing that too. I just think right now our, I mean, yeah, our wide receiver depth is pitiful, uh, and we have to get some answers for that too. I just think with watching what the Bucks did, you know, the Chiefs, and we've been victim of the Chiefs without a pass rush. I think that's just like John Robinson might have a poster in his bedroom, like fix the pass rush, fix the pass rush, um, and I think that might be the the theme for him. All you know for the next two days, next couple days, uh, till Friday. So I, I think it just has to be a defensive player. I could be very wrong. Waddle makes a great case here. What I've seen of Rashad Bateman, I really, really like. Yeah, so I too. wouldn't hate taking him here. I've seen a lot of mocks taking a, having us take Elijah Moore. I know AJ Brown has been very vocal about us taking Elijah Moore. So I, I think we have a lot of options here, and I think that's the good news that we have a bunch of options. Jesse, who do you like for the Titans at 22? I mean, I think receiver's a need, but I think the greater need in the top priority has to be, like Jonathan said, um, on defense, probably in the secondary. They lose Malcolm Butler, they lose Kenny Vaccaro, and they lose Adoree Jackson, and they've got to replace him. So I have this guy kind of slipping back a little bit just because of last year's injury, but Caleb Farley, I have him going here at 22 because I think Sertan for, for sure goes before him, J.C. Horn goes before him. And I think maybe it's a toss-up between him or Greg Newsom, but I think they go Caleb Farley here. So Farley is um, a top-ten talent with a scary back surgery. So mm-hmm. uh, we have historically sort of been uneasy about that. Otherwise, Farley, who is still on my board, would be kind of the obvious guy. I was going to say, I think he's got some of the most talent, but every time I wanted to pencil in a team at corner, the back, the back surgery is the scary thing that I think is going to shy a lot of teams away. So I think when you get to compare him to another player, if they're pretty even, I think you have to go in favor of the other player. And that's why I have Newsom being drafted ahead of him. But I think the further he slides, just the more appetizing he becomes for a team to take a chance on him. Well, my board broke pretty badly for us. I'm really high on Ojolari. I'd love him here. Farley yeah. is on the board, but I think I'd really want to pick him, but I don't think we would with his back injury and the fact that our draft class last year busted so terribly. To me, this pick... It's selfish. It's self-indulgent. I'm taking a top 20 player on my big board, a guy I like way more than I should. A receiver, I think, is almost as good as Jalen Waddell. John just mentioned him. Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. I hate player comps to guys who were the best in the league at their position, but watching him, I just cannot get anything out of my head that Elijah Moore is anything but a young Antonio Brown. Well, he played like it at Ole Miss, so, I mean, like, it's from you watching a lot of tape. I mean, the guy was the third-rated uh, wide receiver in college football last year. Uh, John, throw that around for me. What do you what do you think about that bold pick, Elijah, Elijah Moore? It's bold, but usually when Landon comes at a pick with some conviction, he's usually not wrong. So uh, <laughs> I, I can't say that I hate it. Like I said, you know, I've seen a lot of mocks where he fall, where we take him. Obviously, there's some connection between AJ Brown and Moore the Ole Miss connection. So it's something that he'd be happy with. I think it's a guy that we can really use in the slot. I think it's a really interesting pick. There's no doubt about it that he is an incredible playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. We've all talked about it before, his size. You know, He's a tiny guy, 5'9", which is really hard in the league. But his athleticism and big play potential minimizes that kind of a risk. So I like it. Personally, I think it might be a little too early. But if there's no chance of us getting him in the second round. So if no, we want him, no, we, we're going to have to reach yet. a little. 
I think that's what led us uh, last year to do what we did because we just knew we would have to reach. And that's the thing about picking late in the first. You also pick it late in the second. Uh, Farley's still here, but I think we're going to be afraid of that injury. Elijah Moore, he's just a little rich for a 5'8 guy, but you, he makes a good point of that. Uh, that Antonio Brown stuff is really tempting. The board breaks in a way where I think there's a lot of guys we would like and to preferably take at 30, but that's – and you mentioned trading back um, earlier – what I said about kind of 16 through 40 being about the same, I just think that's going to limit our ability to do mm-hmm. so. It's all fine and good to do, but we'd have to have a taker. Um, I think Tevin Jenkins would be really tempting for them because he is kind of like guys they've had in the past, that big country right tackle. That would be really, really tempting for them. So we could see Tevin Jenkins. We could see Aziz Ojolari, who's still on my board. I think they really like him. And Quiddy Pay could still be there for sure because of his lack of production, and he fits the three – four mold so so well so there's a lot of guys it's tough I think we will pass on Jalen Phillips just because of the injury stuff Asante Samuel I think although we're going to really like him really like him I think it might be a little rich these are names so ultimately for me uh, I think we make that jump and we go for Aziz Ojalari, who Landon has mentioned on this podcast before. Um, I just think uh, just the tools and the grade and all the production I just think he just looks like a John Robinson guy it's going to bring us to the Jets at 23, picking again by virtue of their trade last year with Seattle. Big needs for the Jets, basically everything. So we'll start with you, Jesse. <laughs> Who do you like for uh, the Jets at 23? Yeah, they really could go anywhere with this pick. I mean, a ton of flexibility here. Um, kind of similar to how I had the Dolphins going with it because they have two picks in the first round. I think they address offense first, obviously second pick with a quarterback. And then on 23rd pick overall here, I think they come back on defense Go with a cornerback as well, Eric Stokes, corner out of Georgia. We know Robert Sala, hmm. defensive-minded guy, and I think that it makes a lot of sense for them. You guys know I'm high on Eric Stokes. Yeah, really. Tell me about Stokes, uh, John. I don't know much about him. He's just a long, lanky corner, and I've watched some of his tape, and he's just he does get beat every once in a while, but he's got big playability, and I just really like the way that he plays. You know, he's a taller guy, Eric Stokes, so he's 6'1", 190, uh, and I bet he's probably actually a little bit bigger than that. So he's your prototypical size for a corner, and I think he's just good at, at jump balls and really I've, a lot of the corners this year. I feel like they're really aggressive and have the ability to jump routes, and I think that's something that Stokes does really well. So I really like the pick. Personally, I think it's a little high for him, but in the league today, I, I don't think anybody can ever argue with taking a corner with some conviction, so I like it. And another good point to make is that he ran at worst, a 4-3 flat 40 and as high as a 4-2-6. So he's big, he's long. He was inconsistent, and his ball production isn't quite there, but he has the potential tools to match up with literally any deep threat in the NFL. And with the receivers nowadays being so freaky, especially speed-wise, having a guy you can feel comfortable leaving one-on-one with the deep threats is always a good piece to have. So why is Stokes not a factor for us? Uh, it's, it's our I would say, our biggest need. And boy, I'm sold. So, John, why? And then Landon, why? Why is he not more of a factor for us at 22? I think he could. Uh, I just think that our need on, uh, with uh, edge rusher. We talked about it in our last episode. I mean, we haven't really taken an edge rusher high in the draft in a long, long time. The biggest one was Kevin Dodd, and that was a second round pick, and he, he didn't play hardly at all. So, I just think our need at edge rusher takes a priority 
to what we need at corner. We have some cornerbacks on the roster, which is don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not confident in our our secondary, uh, but we've got Fulton. We've got the Jackrabbit. We re-signed we re-signed Rian Borders to to a deal, uh, and he played really well in some spots. I just see edge rusher being a bigger need, but I could easily be talked into going corner because my guy was uh, J.C. Horn, and I wanted us to take him at 22, so I could easily be talked into corner. All right, big fella, 23, Jets. 23 I, uh, for the Jets. I'm also going to go cornerback. I don't have Greg Newsom being taken yet, so I think this is where he, he lands up and he becomes a Jet. I have them taking the last first-round off-ball linebacker. I looked at their depth chart. Their starting linebackers are Gerard Davis, who only played a hundred, who only played two hundred snaps for the Lions defense, which is one of the history's worst, and Blake Cashman, a late round pick. So I'm having them take Jamin Davis out of Kentucky, super athletic freak, can do it all, just needs some refinement. And what better way to do so than be coached by Robert Sala? Pittsburgh Steelers, which they are kind of compelling of what they'll do. We know what their needs are. Moving on from uh, Villanueva, I think they would. Uh, maybe target a tackle here, but um, we'll, we'll start with you, John. Where where does your second favorite team go here? I do. I, <laughs> I don't want them to draft anybody. I think they can just skip it, but they're not going to. Pittsburgh, to me, they're always a team that is going to have a wide receiver in the pipeline. So I think they're going to take Jalen Waddle. He's still on my board, and I think he makes their yeah, offense. That would be a whole really surprising, better. and I would be terrified if they pick him. By the way, I, I would very much be terrified. All right, so he's got Waddle landing. Uh, if you if you can stomach it after uh, just imagining him there, uh, who do you like for them at twenty four? I have them taking an offensive tackle Samuel Cosme out of Texas, as a lot of the late first round prospects do. But I'm a fan of Pittsburgh's offensive line coaching. Recently, they turned Kevin Dotson, a mid round pick, into an above average guard, and Cosme has all the tools in the world. I think he can quickly become an average to an above average left tackle, and he has a ceiling of a potential All Pro. Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned, but at 23, I like Quiddy Pay if he's still there. I think Jets just kind of take a flyer on him, and man, he would just in the offense they're going to run, the defense are going to run with um, Robert Sala. I think he would just at a baseline have a pretty high floor there. Cosme sounds uh, like a, a stealer for me. He's acquitted himself pretty well over a long time at both right and left tackle. The versatility there, he he kind of fits the just kind of the eyeball test there for uh, for Pittsburgh. Uh, Jesse, that leaves you. Where does uh, I know a team that you don't like? As a Browns fan, wh- where do you think the Steelers go at 24? No, I second Jonathan's idea. Let's just not have them pick. But if they do have to pick, <laughs> because Cosme's off the board at 21 to the Colts, I think they will go with an offensive lineman. Um, they've, they've lost uh, Villanueva, like we said, and they have just gaping holes at the line with Pouncey, their center being gone. I think they can get a center with the second-round, third-round pick. So I think they go offensive lineman Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama. For me, having watched him a lot, I think it's a little rich for him, but I know that he will go higher than he should. That's the thing, and he and he definitely would fit in uh, for Pittsburgh. They pick who they want. They don't care what people think, so that's a good one there. Um, they're going to be out of the box for sure. That's going to bring us to Jacksonville, their second first-round pick uh, via the Rams. I guess this, uh, this will complete their deal for Jalen Ramsey, picking 25th. We'll start with you, Landon. They address their defense, which I mentioned on a previous episode is absolutely terrible. They take the best safety in the draft, a really popular mocked pick here for a couple yeah. months. Trevon Morig mm-hmm. out of TCU, really well-rounded, can do it all. Big fan of him in coverage. This is about where he should go, and he's the first foundational piece on a defense that should bounce back. That makes a lot of sense. I think they're going to watch the tape of the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think they're going to go all in. I could see them going – 
uh, Walker Little or Tevin Jenkins. And I'm going to go with Tevin Jenkins here. I think they're just going to put all their chips on the table and try to improve that offensive line. But Trevor, Trevin Morg would be ideal because they have the biggest needed safety, I think, of probably any team this year. So we'll see. But I just think they're going to try to make a point. What do you think? Big fella. I'm actually going to agree with Landon. I think, you know, this is a perfect spot. And I think the mock drafts get this one right with Trevor Morrig from TCU. I think they, they need a defensive playmaker and a leader on that defense to try to turn things around. And just the way that the division is shaping up between us and the Colts, we're going to have some down the field threats. And that's something that they're going to have to, to really think about and plan for. And I think he's kind of the guy that helps them do it. I'm not going to say anything too much different than these last two. I actually do have Trevon Moore going to them as well at safety. So their two biggest needs, of course, were quarterback and safety. They get Trevor Lawrence. Makes sense that they come back and get a safety with the uh, 25th overall pick. That's going to bring us to the Cleveland Browns. So, of course, we're going to start with you, Jesse. Like you said well earlier, it's weird to be in a position where we don't have a big gaping hole. But if you guys have a need, I think it's depth along the front seven, and I think we're going to see that. And I think my board, at least, is is going to give you guys some options there. I think you're going to see them address defense early and often in this draft. Had a lot of movement with the D-line, but we also brought in a lot of D-linemen. So the one area where I think we're still lacking with the departure of Olivier Vernon, I think we still need a linebacker. I do have Zayvon Collins still on the board out of Tulsa. I think mm-hmm. Cleveland runs yeah. up to the podium, takes him with they a 26th would. overall. They absolutely would. John, I think they, because they are operating from uh, from strength here, I think they're going to take a swing here. And I think Jalen Phillips isn't going to go any earlier in this because he does have a scary medical history. If he can hit and he can play, he's going to fill their needs. I think they're really good teams to be great. They try to really deepen their pass rush. So mm-hmm. I, I would look for Jalen Phillips here. What do you think, big fella? Where do you, where do you go here for Cleveland? Yeah, I definitely, I, I, you know, I see them kind of, I see the Browns backing strength here too. You know, especially on my board, I've got Ojolari still sitting here. I've got some other developmental prospects. I really, really am so tempted for, to have the Browns take Jason away. Cause it's somebody that, you know, if you're taking a, a strength of your roster, you have the opportunity to let him develop a bit and he's just a big frame guy and he can kind of develop but I think with Aziz Ojolari sitting here they they can't pass him up and that's who they take I think I'm going to go a different direction than you three you all took edge rusher slash linebacker to me I see I see cornerback as a big need I saw that you picked up Denzel Ward's fifth year option outside of that I don't really don't know what you have Greedy Williams has really disappointed me to me Asante Samuel Jr. Taking him over Caleb Farley seems really odd, but just Farley's injury risk to me is so severe. I think you would take a bit. I think teams will take a lesser player, but a guy who's got NFL bloodlines, all the athleticism in the world, just a bit small. To me, Asante Samuel is going to be a really good nickel cornerback in the NFL for a long time. And the Browns defense needs cornerback help. So it's reach on a second or third best guy, but it's the safest pick. Well, after all that, Jesse, give us, I mean, your dream pick. I mean, within reason, a guy that could reasonably fall but would have to fall. Who who would be just your, your dream pick at 26? Yeah, when I do these, I really do try to leave my the heart out of it, try to use my brain only. Um, for a while there, I had Zayvon Collins going just a few picks uh, before us, and I was kind of heartbroken. And so when I've reworked my draft just due to free agency acquisitions and 
He just happened to be there at 26, and that's the guy that I think that I would want, and that's the guy that I think we're going to get. So we're going to go from a team you love to a team you hate, Baltimore Ravens. We know their needs. They've uh, just traded a tackle, and they're going to just seem like to always need a receiver and, and some pass rush. We'll start back with you, Jesse. Pick 27, the Ravens. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where I am. I mean, I think it's going to be a toss-up between a receiver or with the recent trade of Orlando Brown, a lineman. So you kind of kind of think, as much as a team wants to just focus on themselves, they've got three teams picking in between their first-round picks now. Because, again, they have 27 overall and 31 overall. So I think you have to take into account what could happen in those three picks in the meantime. And I think Mm -hmm. they're looking at the board, seeing Green Bay is out there. Maybe they don't want them to take their receiver. So the Baltimore Ravens go Rashad Bateman, receiver, out of Minnesota. They'll come back later, a couple picks later, to get that O-lineman. Yeah, if Bateman's on the board, I think that's a no-brainer. I think uh, Terrence Marshall, who's a similar type player, I think they would look really long and hard at him, Uh, even to reach for Elijah Moore if they liked him. But they need a big – Kind of a like a Corey Davis type, uh, just a guy that can bring bring has a good catch radius. I don't know what they think of Terrence Marshall. I bet they think right here would be a little rich. Uh, so I think kind of like you were saying, I think they may just hope he's around maybe at 31. For me, I think they may take a look at Walker Little, the tackle. They've done magical things with tackles, but they do need another one. That's who I go for them. What about for you, John? 27, the Ravens. I'm going to tell you, you know, right here I'm also thinking about another edge rusher, but my initial thought was Bateman, so I'm going to agree with Jesse here. Oh, um, yeah, that's a no-brainer and take, there. Yeah, and take Bateman because they have not had that type of receiver in a while, and he can do wonders for Lamar Jackson. I hope he isn't there, Landon, because I think that would be an ideal fit. Yeah, it would be, and I'll make it three or four on taking Bateman here. I think it's because the Packers and the Saints are both threats to take him. I really don't see any – player at tackle or edge that could be taken between 27 and 31 that's as good as Rashad Bateman so he fits with Lamar he's pretty good all around great route running he tested well in the 40 yard dash I didn't really see it I like his hands and he's a compliment because really all their other receivers are either small and fast like Hollywood Brown or they're big and slow and not that good like Miles Boykin Pick 28, we've got the Saints. The Saints take chances on medical histories and things like that. It's worked out for them. Caleb Farley is a terrific talent. I think he goes around here because that back is going to scare a lot of teams that traditionally take that very seriously. For me, I think they would be happy to have him and take that risk at 28. Caleb Farley, uh, the corner, of course, from Virginia Tech. That's my pick. What about you, big fella? Um, I kind of like – corner here so i'm gonna go with probably my next highest rated corner on off the board and it it pains me to say it but i'm gonna have them picking eric stokes out of georgia i really like what he does and i think he can really fit well into the in, into a you know a revamped new orleans saints defense so i think that's also a position of need for them too um i see in the free agency that they've lost a linebacker alexander so I think they go with a linebacker here, and I've heard a lot of res- or a lot of sources. They're pretty high on Jabril Cox from LSU, so he doesn't even have to leave or go far from where he's used to. He gets to stay in Louisiana, play linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Cox is, of course, a transfer, and he was just absolutely dynamite last year, so I could definitely see him in this area. Uh, Landon, what about you for the Saints? Well, we're on the same wavelength. To me, they're the perfect team to take a risk on Farley because even with Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston at quarterback, they're still in position to contend. They really don't have any obvious holes. They can afford to take the risk. And if you do hit, 
You've got Marshawn Lattimore for the foreseeable future, hopefully, has shown to be good. And Caleb Farley, who most people agree is the most talented cornerback in this draft class by a decent margin. Well, let's move on to 29, uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, big needs at receiver, linebacker, and corner. Uh, we'll start with you, Big Fall. The Packers are always going to be that team that's looking for, I think, something to help their quarterback. You know, Rodgers doesn't need it, but they they need somebody to keep pushing the ball down the field. And they've made no-name receivers look like, you know, wide receiver wide receiver ones and twos. They've obviously got their, their one, Devontae Adams. Looking at my board, there are kind of two prospects I'm thinking of. Rondale Moore or Kadarius Toney. You know, they kind of fit the same mold. They're both smaller guys. They can play a lot, do a lot of damage in the slot. And I think, you know, recently I've seen uh, Kadarius Tony jump up boards a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of questions about Rondell Moore. So I think I'm going to slot them in at taking Tony. Jesse, what do you think for Green Bay? Yeah, I've got them as linebacker as their biggest need. And I just think that it's it's got to be a priority over the other positions at this point. And as we get later into this uh, first round, this is where I think you see teams start to take that risk, like we've mentioned earlier. On my draft, I've got Jalen Phillips still available, but I don't think he slides mm. any further than 29. He becomes a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, they would take that mm. risk. I think oh, yeah. It's dead on. Um, at some point, it just kind of flips, and it's like, well, he is or he isn't. Let's do it. It's late 20s, right? For me, I think Jamin Davis goes here. I think he's an ideal fit for what they want to do. They want to get more athletic in the middle. Uh, they have a need at linebacker, and I just think they would be perfectly ha- happy to pencil this guy in uh, at 29. Uh, he had a really great year. I actually went a bit out of left field with the Packers here. The offensive line has been the strength for the past five or six years why their offense has been so dominant. They lost Corey Lindsley on the interior. David Bakhtiari is going to be hurt for at least the first couple of weeks coming back from an ACL tear. You keep your strength a strength. Replacing Corey Lindsley, I have them drafting Oklahoma center Creed Humphrey. Just an absolute freak of an athlete for a center. Wrestling background, four-year starter at Oklahoma. You can plug in right away into the Packers offense. Fill the hole left by Corey Lindsley. Elkton Jenkins, their star left guard, doesn't have to move around. Just keep, just keep Aaron Rodgers happy. I know it's not a weapon. The re- receiver you can get in a round two is a lot better than the the center you could get in round two compared to Creed Humphrey. And Aaron Rodgers, just keep him upright. Well said. Let's go to Buffalo. Well, not really. Let's not go there. But <laughs> Never. Um, probably still pretty cold. But at pick 30, Bill's coming off of just a terrific season. They just need to add depth. And they need to find the best player available. Uh, let's start with you, big fella. Well, last year we saw them steal A.J. Epinesa right out from under my feet. And, you know, he didn't really pan out to be the all-pro I was hoping he would be. But it doesn't mean they missed completely. But I think they still need to address um, edge rusher and defensive line. So here I'm going to take a guy that you can, you talked me into the other day. I'm going to take mm-hmm. Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest. Yeah. I think he is relatively pro-ready. And I think he can come in and make an immediate impact. The guy's massive. He just really comes in and changes that defense and gives it that Buffalo Bill toughness that we've come to know them for. You know, I think it is early for him. But I'm going to go with Basham too because the Bills are one of those teams that pick guys that are Bills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They pick guys that, that it makes sense. Basham would make a really good Bill. And it really fits a need where I think – edge and the defensive interior is pretty light right here in this at this point in the draft so 
I think it's 15 picks too early, but I don't think it matters for them. What about you, Jesse? With my guy here, maybe I'm 15 picks too late because he may already be taken. But Jason Oa, Edge, Penn State. I think you're all mm. over it with their need for Edge. I don't know if he's if he falls to them at 30. I know he seems to be climbing upwards rather than sliding backwards. But they'd love to have a player like Oa out of Penn State. Yeah. Do you worry about him just not recording a sack last year? Am I am I focused too much on that statistic? I mean, I. He, he's he's terrific, but I don't know about that one trait that he has. I, I I just I just wonder about him a little bit. But regardless, I think this would be a spot for him to go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of questions. I don't. That. Um, Quiddy pays another one. Where what, what's up with their production? Yeah. It's not seeming to match. But exactly. um, again, we have a you know shorter season, and it just not that you can completely you know discount last season but it's the weirdest season for all of us so i mean if there's ever a year where you could overlook something this may be the year yeah i'm not really worried about oa not getting a sack he still had good pressure and quarterback hit numbers he just didn't get lucky he legit has generational athleticism and the production doesn't match it but at the same time nfl coaching compared to college coaching especially when it comes to more technical positions like edge there's just such a massive gap that i'm gonna believe that oa assuming he goes to a team that knows how to coach, is going to become really good just because he is an historic athlete at the edge position. I love Jason Owe. I think he's going to really transcend to the next level, but he is very, very raw. He needs some work, and he needs to be coached the right way. So I do think Buffalo is a really good place for him to go where he can do that. He ran sub 4-3-9. I mean, for a guy that is as big as he is, he's 6'5", 260, written down in a program. To move that fast, like those, those dynamics should not be in the same sentence. So Jesse, I really love the pick. I, I think he's going to translate really well, but I think he's really raw, and I think he needs to be developed. I also went with an edge rusher. I went with Quiddy Pay. I really like his run defense. His pass rush, I'm lower on. He seems slow off the snap, and he got hurt, so he didn't get to test really well. Apparently, his biggest selling point is that he has freakish agility, but he didn't do the agility drills. He's got a high floor. He's got an untapped ceiling. Buffalo just, at worst, he's a death player, a rotational edge. At best, he comes in, he can be a pretty good star day one, and he has the athleticism to become a star. All right, guys, we see Baltimore again here at the back end of the first. Depending on what you did, I picked a tackle first here, so I'm going to go, and I I think it might be a little early for him. Terrace Marshall, though, they're going to be so intrigued by uh, his catch radius. That's what they need that I I think they'll they'll go for him here. Uh, This guy's had, what, 20 – 25 touchdowns in two years. It's just going to be too much for them to pass up here. They know what they need. You all three had them uh, picking Rashawn Bateman um, at 27. I like Bateman a little more than most of y'all, than most people, so I had him already going. Where do they bookend here? We'll start with you, Landon, um, 31 for Baltimore. I have them taking the edge rusher. It was already a position of need before Matthew Judon, who I still say is really overrated left. Jason Owe in their incredibly blitz-heavy scheme is just so exciting because, yes, Oway is raw. He doesn't really have the moves yet, but it's the raw athleticism. And we saw with Judon, when you're blitzing five, six guys almost half the time, it doesn't matter if you have all the moves in the book. If you're just a freak athlete, you're productive. You put a guy who I literally just said is a freak of all freaks in a blitz-heavy defense, he's going to be productive. That's partially why Bud Dupree was so good for Pittsburgh. He just can make plays that other edge players can't because he's just one of a kind. What about you, Jesse, at 31? 
Yeah, I mean, after Baltimore shores up their receiver with Bateman with the 27, I think at 31, they feel that need for Orlando Brown, who they traded away. They go offensive tackle out of Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. Okay, so what's his fit like kind of immediately? Where does he play for them? I think, I mean, you could have asked me that a couple days ago, and it may have been different, but with Orlando Brown being out of there, I think he's going to be very competitive maybe for a starting role. He's going to be seen as a first-round pick. So I think it's someone they look to plug in right away. Does he, is he a natural right tackle uh, for them? Because obviously Ronnie Stanley, I think, is one of the underrated players in, in this league. Assuming he's back and healthy, uh, does he is he your prototypical right? I think he fits does in Does he it. have any positional versatility to play guard early? I think he's kind of been kept in one spot, but I, I think that's something that they'll be willing to experiment with him, especially early on in training camps, things like that. Obviously, with Orlando Brown kind of wanting to specifically play one position and one position only, I think they bring in a youngster here who's just hungry to see the field in any capacity. Right. I think Orlando Brown's desire was the sigma of the money that he can make at left tackle, but uh, he has found himself in a good position as well. Uh, that trade is going to be a win-win, I, I really think, because the – Baltimore has shown a good propensity to, to pick well here in the back end of the first, and they're going to find somebody uh, useful there. What about you, John? Where, where do they go? Yeah, kind of like uh, like Jesse, I'm going offensive uh, offensive tackle. I mean, on their roster right now, they've got like two tackles. They've got Ronnie Stanley and Andre, uh, Andre, I'm sorry, Andre Smith. He's been in the league for yeah. about a thousand years. Tevin Jenkins is somebody that they're not going to be able to pass up. Um, no, to they plug wouldn't in that right pass tackle. him because he I is mean, an ideal right tackle. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I, mean, he, I think he'll get picked, but no, yeah, they would jump all over him. Our guy's 32, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, just a masterful job last year in the draft. This guy has first-round talent, and really probably higher than this talent. But because of his position, we see these guys go, like, for instance, Jeremy Chan going in the second round last year. Uh, and I just knew he would be a plug-and-play, and he is. Trevon Mora could easily already go. But if he's here, obviously, this would uh, not be a difficult decision for our reigning champs. So Tampa Bay, Trevon Mora, that would give them a duo of two, two of the best young safeties in the league. This guy's going to be a good, good player. Uh, that would be my pick if he's there. What about for you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, not a lot of needs, obviously, for these Super Bowl-winning <laughs> Buccaneers. But uh, they're interesting just because just because of their roster and, and they're, they're aging, but I think they're also all-in right now. So it's you want to be all-in, but you also want to build for the future continuously. So I think they could do just about anything, really, with this pick. It makes them exciting. But I think their bigger need is defensive linemen. And I think with the last pick of day one, they go Christian Barmore out of Alabama. Like I think you know, a big point is like what Jesse said. They're running it back. They outside of Antonio Brown, they have everybody returning. They picked up Giovanni Bernard. The rich get richer. It's kind of hard to find a specific need for them, but I think something on that defensive line or linebackers, like we like Jesse hinted at, they're all getting up there in age. You've got Levante David, who's been in the league for ten years. Kevin Minter, who's been in the league for nine years. Devin White is one of the bright young talents of the NFL. Their next spot is going to be a linebacker, so I'm kind of tossed between Dylan Moses out of Alabama, inside linebacker, or Joseph Asaya, an outside linebacker out of Texas. And I think I'm going to have them taking an inside guy, so I'm going to have them taking Dylan Moses here. You know, He may be overdrafted here. I don't think the Bucks care. I'm also going to be taking Barmore to the Bucks. It's another really popular pick. He's raw. He can, he can be the third rotational guy behind Vita Vea and the Dominican Sioux. Really, the bigger question here was, is the risk on Jalen Phillips worth it at 32? Because I have him falling out of the first round with that concussion history, but 
you talk about a potential steal with Trevon Mooring. Jalen Phillips, if he's your third guy behind Shaq Barron and JPP, your pass rush is somehow even better than the group that just beat up Patrick Mahomes for 60 minutes right. a couple months ago. And they would take that chance for just this next season because they're not really worried about the, the long-term future. Guys, that's your 2021 mock draft from Tennessee Titans Talk. I'm just excited for the real thing, guys. We're going to get together. We're going to give you more content between now and then. Of course, we're going to give you some live content on Thursday. We're going to get together. We've all been vaccinated, and uh, we're just really excited. Above that, Jesse, thanks for being with us. Yeah, no doubt, guys. Glad to be back on the show. It's been much too long. So looking forward to uh, chatting with you guys again and definitely looking forward to our draft. I don't think I had a chance to tell you guys I'm vaccinated as well, and I will be up in Cleveland for that draft oh. on Thursday night. I'll yeah, be so there. That's going to be so awesome. tell us about your plans uh, for the weekend. Uh, being a teacher, guys, I actually have a sweet opportunity. I kind of put my name into a ballot, uh, kind of a drawing, <laughs> and I've been selected, guys. I've been sele- I'm the selection, the draft selection, but I've been selected to attend the draft. So I think I'm going to actually be there in person in the inner circle, the actual draft theater. So this is a bucket list of mine that I get to cross off. And it might just be such a good time. I may just have to turn around and do it all again on Friday for for rounds two and three. So I will keep you guys updated. But I think I'm going to be up close and personal with the action. I'm super excited about We've it. We've had that experience, and you're just going to have the time. It's just amazing. You're watching a television show come on around you. And you just see it, and you're just excited for the content. But, man, it is it was definitely a bucket list for us, and you're just going to have the time of your life. Uh, I, I will just tell you, it will amaze you what they do to put that to put it on. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm ready to take it all in, guys. Mm, that's Good awesome. for you. I wish we were going. Uh, I could be talked into going. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, well, I, I've, I've got some sick days. I've got some sick days to use. Like, let's, uh, let's think about it. <laughs> uh, I'm in. I, I'm ready. Let's go. Just give me 30 minutes to back. Let's no, but uh, best of luck to you, safety, and uh, yeah, let us know how that goes. For I sure. think you're going to have the experience of a lifetime. Are, are you going to post uh, Mitch's bond so so he'll be able to go with you? Or, <laughs> no, uh, I was you... thinking ahead, so I you know I stay out of trouble. Mitch is he's I don't even know that he's allowed at this point. I think he's still kind of on <laughs> parole from his wife from the last outing. So I think he's got a few more years of parole after that one. So <laughs> okay, there you go. We'll Man. keep Mitchell out of Cleveland. He would make it more interesting and yeah. also. <laughs> more interesting hey mitch might be gm by the end of the night who knows he could be he might be we'll see right we'll see him how are you in the inner circle before me he's up there making the pick shaking hands he's your new commissioner i don't know this guy's meeting people and then he's behind the bar i don't know how this guy and i don't know the plans of the cleveland draft but you got to figure that there's going to be a jim brown sighting i mean we even saw him in philly so that's something that i will never forget and i remember nathan after you made your pick i was like dude you're at the same podium as jim brown you're like Oh my God, I was. That's <laughs> so, awesome. I'm we, sure. We got like 100 feet from him when he made that, whatever, and Big Fell's hands were shaking. It's like, yeah. it, oh, man. you know, I don't, and I know you don't either, I don't get awestruck a lot, but the guy is a living legend, and it mm-hmm. was incredible just to be in the vicinity of that guy. Yep. Yeah. Guys, that's all we have for today, but that should be plenty for you. We'll be back with you soon as we count down to the 2021 NFL draft. Until then, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up. Oh, we got yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs>